Hello everyone and welcome back to The Blueprint. Andrew Lord here with you where we are unpacking the source code of success and looking at how we can use education to scale that abundant living beyond just a select few who have cracked the code. And today we're speaking with Heidi Conway from Changemaker Mums who's covered a lot of ground over the years and today we have the pleasure of gleaning from her experience. Now, not too long ago, she was a leader in the corporate world. She was earning six-figure income in a management position. But she was given the news, and and I know this is going to sound familiar to a lot of you, but she was told by her expensive private school that one of her boys wasn't focusing that well. He was disengaged, and the other wasn't writing. He was not interested in putting pen to paper anymore. And so she made a big decision. She took a, a good look at what success meant for her and she opted to leave her corporate, corporate career and to home educate her young boys. And what was meant to be just seven months of building confidence, resilience and a willingness to learn took her down a completely new pathway, which we're going to hear all about today. And of course, what she discovered for her boys, she wanted to share with others too. And as most of our guests here on The Blueprint have done, she found a way to scale success through a new form of education. And her form of education was called Genius Learning. And we're going to learn about that and a whole bunch more. We've split this into two episodes. I didn't want to edit out any of the content that we've covered in this. So uh, we're about to get into part one right now. Introducing Heidi Conway from Changemaker Mums. Hello everyone and welcome to The Blueprint. Andrew Lord here with you and very excited this afternoon we are speaking with Heidi Conway from Changemaker Teens who is going to share with us all sorts of information. She's just uh, come off the back of a a homeschooling conference in the UK. We have crossed paths a number of times, both in the homeschooling world and in the the coaching world, where we found out that we have a lot in common in our our coaching background as well. So um, I'm really excited to ask Heidi a whole bunch of different questions, find out more about her programs and... um, hopefully share some information which you guys will find really, really useful as well. So Heidi, welcome to The Blueprint. Thank you, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. All right. So if we could go right back to the start and just hear a little bit about your background, your upbringing, what was uh, growing up for you like and how you uh, how you developed, you know, what was your sense of education growing up? Mm, that's an interesting conversation, I think. Um, okay, so I most of my schooling was at a private school and um, unfortunately not home education and we didn't actually know about it, <laughs> about it then. However, I had many friends and, you know, joined different groups, uh, speech and dr- lots of extracurricular activities with dance and speech and drama and choir and acting. Had all of these extra um, curricula. We travelled a lot because my family's in Germany and Holland. My grandparents were in Germany and Holland. So we travelled every couple of years as well. So mum was a librarian and she ended up becoming, and also a music teacher, but she ended up becoming the librarian at 
the high school that I was at. And actually she left and went to a university library as I was coming to high school, but she was there when I was in the primary school nearby. And my dad was a soil conservationist with the Department of Primary Industries. So he often took me to farms and told me about contour banks and, <laughs> and erosion. And so I really enjoyed geography and the environment and in grade nine, so grade eight actually, about 13 years old, I went to an open day of different universities and decided then I was going to do the environmental science degree. Um, and I loved ecology as well and how things work together within ecosystems. So I started that, um, ended up getting into that degree many years later. And uh, yes, yeah, so I started with the biology ecology um, concentration area which uh, which was good. And then later I found out about that pathway, but I'll, um, maybe you'll have different questions there rather than me talking too long. <laughs> no, I, I, I guess that is the next question. So how did you jump from, you know, um, environmental uh, studies through to coaching? I guess that seems <laughs> like a bit of a, is, a leap. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it is. In, uh, in high school as well, I remember looking at my hand near the port racks going, there is, there's got to be more to us than flesh and bone. You know, mm. it was a Catholic private school. So we had, you know, we believed in God, etc. But I looked at my hands and I'm going, there's got to be more than this. And I don't know for this, to this day, I don't know if I came from a religious instruction lesson or my, um, one of the other teachers took us through meditation and visualization of our exam success. I'm not sure how I got to this on the, the port racks. However, that was always there. I was always open to, to more. And maybe that's why I like the ecosystems and how things work together. I, in second year, I then became interested because I started a part-time job at the Safety in Mines Testing and Research Station that worked, that was set up after the first Maurer Mine disaster. And my supervisor there had done the same degree, however, majoring in pollution and health. And the work I was doing then was much more in line with environmental pollution and the impacts on health, cyanide analysis, dust analysis, environmental dust, noise, asbestos, so I changed to that concentration area. So it was again, getting closer to the person with health. And I started even my own health journey started with, I became a fitness instructor and worked out four hours a day and found eventually a, a balance with regard to all of that. And ended up um, many consultancy roles in environment and safety and developing management systems and auditing workplaces in all industries and ended up auditing uh, Dreamworld actually mm. as part of my role in the consultancy company I was with as part of a sale to um, the Singaporeans. So it was in probably about 90 95-ish, and 
I I did the safety side and environmental audit together with a colleague, and with the with the recommendations we put in place, they said um, we need an environmental and safety manager, and because they had a part time safety officer, and that's all you needed legally in those days. So they were definitely it was all legal but there were so many systems that needed to be put in place so one of my recommendations was to have somebody in um, in that role and my neighbor it was my neighbor at the time that actually said well why not you Heidi and and I thought well that makes sense I've done environment I've done safety and I'm interested in people and yes so let's do you know let's do this so and I did successfully get the role um, a number number of interviews but definitely got the got the role and was there until 2000 because um, my husband at the time was in HR at Dreamworld and we also did um, covered other leisure industries that the Macquarie, the Macquarie Leisure Trust ended up taking over and uh, we we were auditing many other uh, leisure leisure outlets and he was getting very tired and and uh, in my meditation CDs I got a invitation to say come and find out about this coaching course okay and I thought it'd be perfect you said perfect for HR professionals so I okay. thought come on let's go to that within 10 minutes of listening to that I knew it was for me yeah. and it wasn't for him until 12 months later he did the course yeah um, but that's how I transitioned from that environmental and safety role I then contracted back for 12 months as the new people were in the role, but I still completed the systems and I started um, coaching. Yeah, that's really cool. I really yeah. uh, think that's amazing how uh, we can find our path, you know, and I think it highlights the fact that you don't have to necessarily know exactly um, what you're meant to be doing in the long term but you, if you start taking action and you start moving in the right direction clarity uh starts to come uh marie folio has a has a quote which i really love that says uh clarity comes from engagement not thought and i yeah. really believe in that i really think that uh taking positive steps gets you the clarity that you need and um it's it's really cool to how you find here how you found your way uh to to the coaching world Coming from that, you have um, done a lot of work, you know, working with young people and in now rec more recently in the homeschooling space. Was that um, based around, you know, parenting or was there was there something else that um, kind of got you into into that or how did that journey begin? Yes. Uh, so when I did my coaching, I ended up becoming a trainer of coaches and it was interesting to see the different niches the coaches went into um but yeah then fast 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 forwarding to becoming a parent and then of uh teenagers it well it, it, it started probably when i decided or we decided to take the children out of school ourselves and that was meant to be temporary. Mm. Um, and then they go back. When I was told one, and you've probably heard this story before and some of the listeners may have that, that uh, I was told one child wasn't writing anymore mm. and one child wasn't focusing. So the 11 year old 
he wasn't writing and I knew he could write, which was really bizarre why he wasn't writing at school. And the and the younger one wasn't was constantly told he wasn't focusing. So I tried the, you know, the oils under their socks to focus, you know, the focus oil. I increased the vegetables and the omega-3s and come on, let's focus. Come on. And then why aren't you writing? <laughs> and I coached them on what's the block. It, nothing nothing works. So I said, okay, let's, before you get into high school, let's take you out. And um, and then Josh, I'm not going to go to school for one of them. You may as well come out too. And he said, oh, I'll miss my friends. So he wanted to go back term four of grade three. And um, Matthew was going to go back in grade seven. And within two weeks, uh, we knew that home education was definitely our way of being. Mm. Um, I put them, you were talking about um, passions and, and that, that change, well, you didn't actually say passions, but you, that, you, that you don't have to know straight away what, what you're doing and just follow that path. But I actually asked the boys, you know, if you were put here for a reason, mm. what is it? What is the reason you're actually on the planet for if you knew? And both of them came up with their reply straight away. And I said, okay, well, let's do that with our eyes, ears, and hearts open. Mm. And we went down that path. And you know what? I had a realisation today, Andrew, when I read an article, um, or I just skim read it, so I I definitely want to go back to it, uh, about that working in the field of your passion is probably the worst career advice. Like it was a weighing up, is it a good career advice or not? And I'm going, well, of course, you have to enjoy your work, you know, passion. And then, but then it was saying, well, it may not be easy to know or how do you find out or what if it changes? And it it came up with a number of reasons why this may not be good advice. Mm. And then it got to the end and... Uh, unfortunately, it was a, from Forbes, and but I can't recall, and we can probably put it in the comments or attached to this somehow, the, yeah. the author. But she wrote then, what about if it's um, you look at what you learn and relearn things that ignite you and drain you? So basically my words would be be aware like I said, to go through with our eyes, ears, hearts open. Mm. So be aware uh, what is igniting us, you know, what it, what fuels you and, and what doesn't. And so although this was my aha, although I was saying let's work and follow your passion and we can, you know, my boys are gradually turning that into businesses and the courses that we run are helping kids turn find their passion and put that into a business if they choose to. But is that really what we're doing or are we just finding what interests them at the moment and going down that path and still have our eyes, ears and hearts open? And if you look at the path when, you know, saying what I just did to you about my path and what you've reflected back, that that's exactly what I did. Mm. You know, at no point, like I was, at no point I did something that I didn't like to do. Mm. You know, I was interested in the environment. What stimulated that may be interesting because I did work experience both in libraries and on farms and in the DPI in the office, in the Department of Primary Industries it was then, in the office. 
And so I did what mum did and what dad did (laughs) instead of asking, well, what does Heidi want? (laughs) So I might have been, if I was home educated, I may have found, you know, um, social work or coaching a lot lot earlier Mm. than going down that path. But, you know, eventually I got to it. Yeah. (laughs) And I definitely didn't want to be a librarian, so. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really cool. But obviously your mum engendered in you a sense of uh, a love of learning you know if she was into books and reading that absolutely that sparked absolutely and music and music and music yes yes yeah. definitely yeah. she was in the opera she took us along to the operas and we we acted in an opera too and you know so yeah the magic flute my sister and i were in so yeah we did all of that that was great cool now, you've been a, a speaker at various different uh, homeschooling events. You've just come off the back of a UK event and you shared with me before the interview how you've just done like a marathon, uh, a non-sleeping. I guess that's due to the time difference. Can you share uh, a little bit with us about that event, you know, some of the highs and lows of that? You know, what's what's different about that event compared to the Australian uh, Homeschool Summit? And, um, you know, how is it different over there? I'd love to know. Yeah. Okay. So the 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 word, the distinction between a summit and a conference, it was really run like a face to face conference with an app that we had an exhibitor stand, so people could come to the exhibit. But it was all on on an app, so they could come to their CL raffle and our giveaway, and we could um, interact there. We could put up photos of what was happening here at home during the conference and other things that we liked there so there was a photo area so there was a lot of interaction behind the scenes between so you know when you're at a conference um some of the great learnings come from when you're in the queue at the ladies well not for you but you know but but outside networking (laughs) networking um and that's what it was like you could meet people and and i put up I, when I saw people were interested in some of the programs, I opened up a session, come along at this time and I'll talk to you more about it or ask you more about it. Let's meet up. You could swap business cards. Like it was just amazing. It was literally wow. like a real conference, a face-to-face conference. So um, that was just, yeah, that was definitely a highlight. And you know, even bet like when you experience it, like you can be told about it, but it just experiencing that was great. Mm. Um, definitely met people global, like globally. Then um, mm. there was one of the absolute highlights. It was a three-hour session, and I was only asked to be a speaker on this event. Uh, just, just like eight o'clock in my time, eight o'clock. I think it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter what time it was there, but um, eight o'clock, I I had a session, uh, my own, and then, which I was trying to see if I could postpone till the next day, but it wouldn't, it didn't fit the next day. So I went ahead and did it. And then then at 12, 11 o'clock their time, uh, my time, we were, there was an event of a three hour event where globally people would be talking about home education in their work part of the world. There was Africa, Israel, Canada, um, yeah, definitely the US, UK. So Australia was represented and the Australian spokesperson had a family emergency. Um, so there was only two Australians at the event, uh, myself and uh, this other lady, and she had a family emergency. So um, the organiser asked me, 
can you speak about homeschooling in Australia and what's happening there and the trends and the law? And I'm going, ah, well, I know, I know sort of my side and what I've done, but there are, you know, my specialty is with the mothers that are holding the space for these teenagers that are doing home education. That's my specialty and that's what I spoke about. That's what mm. my main speaking event was was on at the conference. So I went, doesn't matter. And I, so just before the call I, that I was getting on, I messaged her back, yes, talk after this. <laughs> I just said yes. <laughs> yeah, say yes. Um, and, and I knew that either I could speak about what I know and just put that disclaimer on it mm. or or and I know people I know and Andrew I know <laughs> I know I know people that I've spoken with at the Australian summit and an amazing network there and we've all got different specialties and the way mm. we help help the community so I put it I put it on the summit page instead of just putting it on any homeschool page I put it straight on the summit page yeah. who can help um and then I thought who do I, who's in my phone book <laughs> And um, yeah, got somebody. Patricia helped me, and we were on together. So um, yeah, so she could she could speak with me, and it was just brilliant. And That's great. yeah, yeah. Well, that done. would be the highlight for that. Pulling it off, you did it. Well yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there was a lot of talk about the political side of home education and what's happening in the future. Yeah. Um, of home education and how that's changed post-pandemic. And mm. I am actually on a number of programs um, and weekly events attached to different universities around the world where they are discussing exactly that yeah. on what's happening with home education and, uh, you know, the fors and against and, boy, the judgments that you hear. And, yeah, there will be, there will be absolutely, and there are already changes starting to happen mm. um and and i want to be i actually don't don't know why exactly uh because our family are fine with what we're doing and how we're going through so it probably won't impact us directly yeah but why, why i said i don't know why i've got this desire to be connected to this andrew i just follow spirit if you like i just follow my guidance and and i know i need to be there yeah so um yeah i think just where the future is going and how to help more young people we need to we need to and help their parents feel that it's okay and guide them in the right way yeah um, and if i can summarize it for others in the community other parents in the community that normally do help parents with the legal side and say don't worry about all that stuff this mm. is where you can because i've i've got through the rubbish or the 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 noise yeah and this, and this is really what you could use to help people with yeah yeah do you think there's going to be trends uh tightening up restrictions in australia because of uh COVID and because of you know more people looking at um home education you know i think home education for a lot of a long time has kind of like i talked to someone at um, nessa used to be called the board of studies in new south wales and they have like um out of you know 50 to 100 staff they said they had two or three people who usually worked on homeschooling you know and it wasn't seen as 
as a major area of education. It was kind of like, you know, a very small percentage of, of kids. Uh, you know, during the, the COVID lockdowns, we went from probably, you know, 5% home education to 95% home education almost overnight. Do you think that that's going to attract some unwanted um, bureaucracy or do you think that um, home education will sort of still be trusted to to kind of manage itself in the way that it's it's been flying so far? Andrew, I think there will be a body of people um there will be a yeah, percentage on wanting to make sure that they are still in control mm. and what is happening to um, what is what is happening to the usual pathways into higher education. Uh, there is it's a business. Education and schools are a business. Mm. And so there there will be um there will be people looking into that uh, for sure and putting wanting to put tighter restrictions in place. Mm. There is, um, from what I'm hearing... It becomes competition, doesn't it, if, if you look at it through that framework as a business? Yes, uh, yes. And some are pivoting in what is becoming norm, I think, throughout the world is the hybrid education mm. so that it's partly alternative learning and home education and partly on a base. It's interesting. I thought this years ago that eventually we will be hiring school musicals or labs or like homeschool groups will yeah. be will be hiring these areas out, yeah. you know, for a certain scientific experiment or the woodworking section or, you know, and so they will still earn an income. Mm. from the co-op style or the hybrid style of, of business. And, um, yeah, especially when more and more people, like I heard the other day, uh, I do a lot of adult education as well and self-development, and, and one of my mentors said that self-education is the next billion-dollar industry. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pull it up there. We are just getting into the meat. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am, and I'm really interested to hear what Heidi has to say next about uh, home education around the world, home education globally, coming off the back of uh, this conference that she's just been a part of. If you'd like to learn some more about some of the trends in home education, I have done a podcast quite recently uh, just as a part of my participation in the Australian Homeschool Summit. It was episode number 48, and I will put a link right below wherever you're listening to this episode. Don't forget, you can still get access to all the great content from all of the different speakers from the Australian Homeschool uh, Summit. Uh, on a link that I will put just below where you are listening to this podcast. It is amazing value. I think it's something like $26 or something like that for two weeks worth of amazing content from homeschooling experts, including myself, including Heidi, and a whole bunch of other uh, parents and speakers. So make sure you get your hands on that. We're going to wrap it up there for today. Don't forget to tune in next week when we are finishing off this episode with Heidi Conway from Changemaker Teens and Changemaker Mums. That's all for now. Have a brilliant week.